This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts. If y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out, and we really appreciate it. And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trig or our pod account at StepBackMavs on Twitter if you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades, anything of that nature. Hit us up, and it might be discussed on the pod. Hey, this is Mark Cuban, and you're listening to the Step Back, the best Mavs podcast ever. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, joined, as always, by my co-host in Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how you doing today, man? Um, not too bad. Um, just another day in the neighborhood. Yep, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying... Uh, every bit of sports that I can this week. You know, I <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter since, on my account, since uh, Sunday because <laughs> – Oh, on your account? Because, uh, hey, 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 we're not, we're, we're not going to get into that. I mean, I might send something from the podcast account, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so, the Cowboys – we're going to just start out by mentioning this, but congratulations to them for not completely, you know, crapping the bed against the Falcons, which they almost did. But anyway, they were down by nine with like a like less than two minutes, scored the touchdown, so they had to go for the onside kick. And I just I tweeted out just impulsively, if the Cowboys get this onside kick, I won't tweet until next Sunday. And Matt, <laughs> they they went out and they got the onside kick because Atlanta forgot how the rules work with that stuff. And I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad it turned out that way. But I just, I really did not expect it to happen. Uh, I think you told me the other day there's like a six percent chance of recovering an onside kick <laughs> historically. Uh, but yeah, so. I'll be I'll be back on your your Twitter timelines uh, as soon as it hits Sunday. But for now, <laughs> just get everybody to come listen to me on the pod because I'm uh I've been having a rough time. It, it's hard to see all this, especially you know Anthony Davis. He hit a buzzer beating uh, three pointer to beat the Nuggets in Game Two, and then 
you got the stuff going on with the Dallas Stars and the Stanley Cup final right now and, uh, you know, all these other great football games going on. And I just can't say anything about it. <laughs> it's, it's been oh. rough, Matt. You know, I, I'm a I'm an avid tweeter. But anyway, so. Well, at a certain point, um, it's got to be kind of nice to, to get a little break from it every now and then. Oh, it's – it's it's. I mean, as far as just like a, you know, relaxing standpoint, it has been – it has been nice. But I still like to have that uh, – I like to have that, that place where I can shout my takes into, into a void <laughs> or into, yeah. a, into a group of people. So uh, I couldn't wait until we got on here and started recording because it's just, you know – it's just been mostly silence, me observing this week. So, but it has been nice. I, I'm I'm relaxed and uh, I'll be ready to come back full force on Sunday. But anyway, so is there like a time frame on Sunday? Is it is it down to the minute? No, no, I I didn't specify. I just said I just said I wouldn't tweet until Sunday. So, I guess just whenever I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so. Getting into actual basketball stuff. So today, earlier today on DallasBasketball.com, our guy Mike Fisher, he he wrote a, a piece about this uh, rumor that came from uh, Sam Amico, who's also with Sports Illustrated, uh, about the Mavs having interest in uh, Clippers forward, power forward Montrez Harrell. Well, I guess you'd call him a center. I was about to say, is he a power forward? I think he's technically listed as a power forward on a on basketball reference. I'd have to go look, but yeah, he he's pretty much a small ball center. Uh, but anyway, there's rumor there, there's this rumor that Dallas has interest in him, and you know I know he had his his moment with Luca in the first few games of of that playoff series, but you know they they made up uh, before game three, I believe. And I can't remember if it was game one or game two. But anyway, the point is, you know, he made it right with Luca. Luca said everything was fine. So that seems to be water under the bridge. If this was Marcus Morris, you know, it'd be a 100% no for me. But, uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts on the Mavs if they do have interest in Montrez Harrell? What are your thoughts on that? Is he a good fit? Uh, if they did sign him, you know, what are you comfortable paying a guy like him? You know, what what other roster moves need to be made if if this becomes a thing? Um, obviously, you can't have you know a bunch of big dudes. Um, if you bring him in, somebody's going to have to go. Um, my guess would be someone like Maxi or Willie Cauley Stein, probably Willie Cauley Stein. Um, but you know, that's all assuming that this, this happens. Uh, I I don't know how much I'd be willing to pay. I mean, I'd be comfortable paying him as much as Dwight's making. Sorry. My Slack keeps going off. (laughs) I was about to say, I keep hearing something. I don't, I didn't know if that was on my end or your end, but anyway. It's it's, yeah. And you know, work is work. Uh, anyway, (laughs) I, I don't, um, I'd be comfortable paying him as much as Dwight makes probably more. He's, a much better player in my opinion. Um, obviously does different things, but uh, you know, it, going back, I'm still mad at the guy. I'm not going to lie. Like for a long, 
for a while there, I was just kind of like, you know, F that guy. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think everybody was for a little bit, but like I said, the difference is the thing with Montrez Harold, that was like a, it was the heat of the moment kind of deal. And he obviously, he obviously apologized for it. And then he, he talked with Luca about it before the game and, he even told him it was a heat of the moment thing and everything. And Luca understood that, you know, it's basketball and things get said sometimes that, you know, you, you know, you probably shouldn't have said. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at with it because the stuff with Marcus Morris, he didn't even try to apologize, you know, despite all the evidence being there that, he's a dirty player and he tried, you know, to take out Luca by intentionally stepping on his ankle uh, and then turn right around in the very next game they play after not being suspended for that <laughs> and just whacking him across the face and then getting tossed. So that, yeah, that can go to hell. Yeah. That, that That's a little bit different situation between the two. So, I mean, yeah, there, there were some tense moments with Montrez Harrell. I think everybody, uh, you know, associated with the Mavs, or if you're a Mavs fan, I think, you know, there were some moments where you really didn't like Montrez Harrell, but when it comes down to it, Matt, he's the type of player, maybe not positionally, but just his his energy, his, his attitude. Uh, I mean, he's the type of player that this Mavs team needs. Uh, they need a a Tyson Chandler type of energy guy. They need a Deshaun Stevenson type, you know, not just, not just skilled basketball wise, which Montrez Harrell is, but they need a guy with that kind of demeanor, you know, to a gritty guy to take this, this team to the next level. Because I mean, look, Maxie, he's great. And he's on a great contract. Uh, he, he, he did outstanding on the defensive end against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in that, that playoff series. But, you know, he, it took it all out of him and he had to, uh, he had to pay for it on the offensive end because he just wasn't there. Uh, you got Dwight Powell, who in my opinion, that's the guy that would have to be traded if you ended up bringing on Montrez Harrell because of how much Harrell's going to end up making which I think is going to end up being around what, you know, Dwight Powell's making now, if not a little bit more. So, and since Montrez Hill is a, is an unrestricted free agent, he can choose to go wherever he wants to. So if he says, okay, I want to go to the Mavs and the Clippers, you know, they're just going to lose him for nothing. I'd be willing to bet that they would consider taking Dwight Powell in a, a sign and trade deal uh, for Harrell. Yeah. And, you know, depending on depending on what the Clippers front office's mindset is, you know, if they're if they're wanting to kind of shuffle the deck a little bit, I don't think they're going to get rid of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, obviously. But uh, if they want to shuffle the deck with role players, then if you do a sign and trade, then, hey, I mean, maybe you could maybe you could get something for DeLon Wright, too, or, you know, uh, send a draft pick since they used all their draft picks in the Paul George uh, deal to get somebody like Lou Williams or, you know, uh, just something along those lines. I'm just spitballing here off the top of my head. But anyway, that's my thing. I think he'd be a great fit 
for what the Mavs want to do, especially if he takes Dwight Powell's spot and what we're used to getting from him. And uh, he brings you that element, like I said, what the Mavs haven't had in a long time, which is an enforcer, uh, a guy that just doesn't take crap off of anybody else, which you, you hate it when he's playing against you, but I guarantee you as Mavs fans, we'd love it if he was playing on our team. So that's where I'm at. I I think it'd be a good fit. I just uh, I just don't know, you know, how realistic it is. I, I think he'll end up re-signing with the Clippers, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. He's definitely exactly what the Mavs need. Um, he's what we've been begging for. Um, I, I know we – you're right. Dwight would probably have to be the one to go. Man, I wish I could – I wish they could keep both of them. Um, that would be ideal. Maybe the Clippers would consider something else. Um, but I know that would be difficult. Um, well, the thing is, the the Mavs' big situation, if you – okay, if they end up getting Harrell and you you keep Dwight, then, you know, once once Dwight comes back from his injury, which he should be ready to go by the start of this next season if, you know, the rumors are true and it's going to start around February now, you know, you're, you're starting to get a lot of horses in that stable at, at center and power forward. So – you know, you're going to have KP as your starting center. You've still got Maxi, who, like I said, he proved himself to be an elite defender this year. Uh, and he was really good offensively just until that, that Clipper series. Uh, you've got Boban, who showed what he can do in limited time. you got Willie Colleystein, who has a player option. If he takes that player option – you know, he he's he proved that he can add something to the mix uh, in that last game against the Denver Nuggets before the NBA's season was suspended. Um, now, he's not – I wouldn't necessarily say he's an enforcer type, but, you know, he's athletic and he, he gives you shot blocking and everything too. So, he's he's a useful piece. So, I mean, that's that's four guys right there, five guys if you include KP. Uh, that are bigs, and so if you add Montrez Harold, that's going to be your your sixth one. So I don't know, man. I, I think it's you have to cut some ties somewhere. Yeah, with your bigs because this team needs. I mean, as much as I like Montrez Harold and I'd like him on the Mavs, this team needs some some wings, some three and D wings. No, I absolutely agree. My only thing is, we all know how, and I talked about this a little bit last week too. I think or maybe it was week before, but we all know how loyal the Mavs are to certain people. And there's yeah. certain people that are just going to be Mavs forever unless, you know, someone steps in and does something about it. Yeah. And I feel like Dwight Powell is one of those people. Um, just like J.J. Barea, um, he left for like five minutes and then they were like, oh, my God, J.J., come back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that was J.J.'s decision to leave. You know, he made more money. but. Um, anyway, it's, it's just hard to imagine, you know, them, you know, willfully parting ways with Dwight. Um, could it happen? Sure. You know, anything is possible with the right player coming in, but, um, we all know how stubborn they are about that stuff. So that, that, that would be the only hitch in that plan to me. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but 
Dwight Powell has probably been the most the the most important player as far as you know helping in the community and all that since Dirk. Um, and I mean the Mavs they just nominated uh, KP Kristaps uh, Porzingis and Dwight Powell for the NBA Community Assist Award which I knew Dwight Powell would be nominated for that. I didn't think KP would, but that, that shows you how involved he got in his first full season in Dallas in the community too. But, yeah, I agree with that. He, he's very important, not just on the court, but off the court as well. And it, it would take something huge uh, to get them to part with him. So, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Harold, but like I said, I, I don't think it's – I'm not sure how realistic – it is, you know, given all the different hurdles that we have to get over to get to that point. But anyway, <laughs> right. uh, moving on to this next topic, uh, I know you have <laughs> you have a completely opposite take from what I do on it. But around the trade deadline, I wrote a piece on DallasBasketball.com about, you know, what a potential trade would look like if the Mavs wanted to get Zach Levine and I know you don't like him you think he's a a diva Uh, but I mean Matt he would be an amazing like if if you okay think about how good the Mavs were with Tim Hardaway Jr. this season and let's just say you plug Zach Levine into Tim Hardaway Jr. spot because Tim Hardaway Jr. he he wasn't Everybody said how bad he would be defensively before he came over from New York. And then, you know, he still wasn't good in, in this season with the Mavs, but he was it was passable, you know. <laughs> he was better than what people thought he was. Uh, I think if you put Zach Levine in Dallas with Rick Carlisle playing with Luka and KP, I just think, man, that that could be your true – third star take you to the next level type of deal and then with the MLE and vet minimum contract you know get you some some uh, gritty defensive players to throw in there you know maybe throw the full MLE at a guy like Jay Crowder and see what happens uh, but that's where I, I just Zach Levine no matter what you want to say about him Matt He's a good, good basketball player. He averaged nearly 26 points, five rebounds, and four assists this last year with the Chicago Bulls, uh, shooting 45% from the field and 38% from three, shooting eight threes per game. So, I mean, I just – I think he'd be a – and I've said it before about his potential fit. I think he'd be a taller, super version of what the Mavs had with Monte Ellis. Except this time, he wouldn't – you know, Monte Ellis was the best player on that team, in my opinion, uh, when he was in Dallas. But in this case, Zach Levine would be the third best player, and I think he'd take the team to the next level. What do you think? Uh, that's all great in theory. Um, I'm not – I've never said he's not a good player. Um, right. You just, you think there's an attitude issue there. Right. Or, or that his skill set doesn't fit with the Mavs like or anything like that. Obviously, he's a good player. I think his skill set fits exactly. Here's – okay. So, I'm – you I, finish. Just, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a perfect fit. Like, it, I'm, I'm not saying it's not is, is what I just said. Like, it, he's a fit. Yeah. Like, 6'10", 
physically and play style wise, he's a fit. That's absolutely true. My thing is he's done nothing but bitch and moan for the last two years with the Bulls. I mean, on the court, on the bench, in the locker room, to the media, everything. Let me ask you a question, though. If you were on the Chicago Bulls the last two years and you had the same skill set and you're putting up these kind of numbers that Levine's putting up and you're not getting anything else from anywhere in the organization, would you not do the same thing? Or at least maybe not to his extent, but would you not be pissed off? <laughs> yeah, I would be pissed off, but I would be a professional about it, and I wouldn't go complaining to the media and my teammates on national television where you know people can see you. Like, you're on the court whining well, about, uh, I scored 40 points, blah, 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 blah we, all this stuff. Like, that's not a healthy teammate. Like, that's not a good teammate to have. I understand I understand where you're coming from with that, but my thing is he's 25 years old now. He's never been in a winning situation, and that's because everywhere he's been, he's been the first option. And he's that's not – I mean, he's good. He's a really, really good player, but that's just not his – you know, you're not going to have a good NBA team if Zach Levine is your best player. But you you'd give him a chance on a team like the Mavs with Luka and KP being your first and second best player and him as your third, I think that just completely changes the dynamic. He's not going to be upset in Dallas. He's still going to get his shots. You have a third guy now that can get you a shot, you know, down the stretch in the clutch when, uh, you know, when, when your team's struggling to get a basket. Now you have another guy that can get you a basket and you're not going through these super long droughts. So that's the thing. The Mavs are going to be winning for a long time going forward. They have a great coach. They have a great organization. Uh, you know, they they have more of a more of an established vision of where they want to be, uh, more so than what the Bulls do right now. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, they have a a more clear vision of where they want to go than Levine's previous stop with the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know? So he's never been in a type of situation like that before. And he's always been forced into this role that I don't think is, you know, the most beneficial for his career. So that's what I think. I know, I know stuff has happened and I know you think he, you know, it might carry over no matter where he goes, but I think it's just situational. And I think if he ended up with the Mavs, it'd be a completely different situation. So. That's where I'm at. And, I mean, look, I mean, no matter which way you cut it, if you add the the 11th top scorer <laughs> in the league to your team, even if he does, you know, say stuff every now and then, which, again, I don't think he will because the Nazis will be winning games, you know, you're still going to have a better team because he's, he's, like, he's almost a top 10 scorer in the NBA. But, like, how long till he starts complaining because he's the third option instead of the first option? I, I, I don't think he would because he's going to be like, winning. What evidence do you have for that? Because he's had years of putting up these, you know, these numbers. As the first option. As the first option, but he's not winning games. That's why he's complaining. <laughs> That's the problem, you know. And he's not going to – he could still – he could join the Mavs right now and still put up the numbers he's putting up now 
and still be considered the third option. And I think that would be perfectly fine with him. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> because because not. like that's the thing with people like that, Dalton, you just don't know. I know, but you know, this isn't like taking a chance on a end of end of his career Rajon Rondo, you know, that <laughs> that's on an expiring contract and you know, you'd have to completely uh, throw the kitchen sink as far as a trade package goes to Chicago in order to get him. I don't think this is that kind of situation. In this case, you have a 25-year-old who has a couple more years left on his deal. I think he's making like uh, around $20, th- uh, $20 million a year, and it's a descending contract. So it's not a bad contract at all, especially for what he's producing. And I think you could get him, you know, by if, if Tim Hardaway Jr. opts in, I think you could send THJ and, you know, another young player and the draft picks, and I think Chicago would think about that. Even though they signed Billy Donovan recently as the new head coach, and, you know, Zach Levine was on a Twitch feed when that happened, and he mentioned it, and everybody was talking about it. But, I mean, <laughs> it was one of those things you know, where he just – it was he one is, of those uh, – he, 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 he was super excited about Billy Donovan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a good coach. Um, and uh, he's, he's good at basketball coaching. <laughs> like, he didn't even say anything. He was just like, oh, we got a new coach. Let me focus on my Warzone game. It, it's like, okay, look, so when, when, they, when he said that that just happened, I guess it popped up on his phone. The next, you know, when he was talking about it for a little bit, it's almost like he had to go to Wikipedia to find out fat it's like he was naming off wikipedia facts about billy donovan so <laughs> it's not yeah. like I, I don't think he was super excited i think it was just one of those things like okay let me mention this and get back to my game i mean i don't know i just i'm very weary about bringing people like that into an obviously very good locker room like the mavericks have worked very hard to get this locker room the way that they want it they brought people in like Boban. They got rid of DeAndre Jordan. You know, they they had Maxi and, and and Tim Hardaway Jr. and and you know, obviously Dwight Powell and J- like that. All of these players that maybe they weren't the best the best players, but they were like, hey, we want to bring our guys back because of the locker room. Now, is that the right decision to do it that way? Honestly, probably not, because you know. Well, Mark Cuban has always had this rule. And we've written about it a lot and uh, talked about it. But he's always had this rule about, you know, you can have one knucklehead on your roster, but you can't have two because then they get together. (laughs) And it causes a bigger problem. So, I mean, if you had to pick one guy who was a knucklehead on this this Mavs team, it'd probably be DeLon Wright. But really that was just one one incident with his brother midseason. Other than that, we didn't hear anything out of DeLon. You know, he seemed to not say anything himself and, you know, just kind of went about his business. So, I think that would be the closest thing you'd have to fit that description. So, okay, say you sent Tim Hardaway Jr. and DeLon Wright to Chicago. I mean, would you be willing to – I'm willing to to take that risk, to be honest. I mean, I I just don't see – I think the the upside severely outweighs – any potential downside to it yeah I mean probably but it for me it's just like <clears throat> that's probably my last option 
if, if I'm the Mavericks. Like, they're sure, – It's not for me, man. I mean, he's up there. There are other trades out there, like, that I would definitely explore first. Um, I'd rather have Buddy Heald. I'd rather have Bradley Beal, obviously. Um, you know. <clears throat> I love Buddy Heald, and I think he'd be an excellent fit with the Mavs, but I think I'd have to put Levine – I'd have – if I was ranking it, I'd put Levine one A and uh, Buddy Heald one B. Not not overall. I'm just saying, like, if I was comparing it side by side with just those two, right? And Buddy Heald obviously has had his issues too. I'm not saying that he hasn't, but he fits a specific role. And that's true. Yeah. And he he knows like, hey, I'm a shooter. I'm not the number one guy. He he thinks he should be a starter, and he probably should. I think Sacramento's stupid. <laughs> um, you know, he should be on the floor as much as possible just because he doesn't miss. But, you know, Levine, it kind of creates a murky situation if, you know, Luca is used to having the ball in his hands 90% of the time when he's on the floor. And that's yeah. just a fact. Um, you could tell how frustrated he was early on his rookie season when he, you know, when he wasn't having the ball in his hands 90% of the time, when JJ would look him off or when Wes would look him off or whatever. Right. If that starts happening, like if they say they get Levine and that starts happening and, and he does something that Luca doesn't like, like take a bad shot or make a bad pass or whatever. And Luca's just sitting there look, like, what the hell are you doing and throwing his hands in the air? That's something I don't want. But look, I don't want, here's I don't the- want Luca to even like get an eensy, eensy bit frustrated with anything at this point. Okay, but look, but here's the difference, though. When Luca went off the court, and this was painfully obvious in the playoffs, when he went off the court, and, you know, with Jalen Brunson being injured, he's the next, you know, he would have been the next best, best thing to a secondary ball handler for the Mavs. I mean, Trey Burke was good, but he's more of just like a microwave scorer off the bench. You know, that's his, that's his best role. But when Luca went off the court, they didn't really have anybody that was like that true – secondary ball handler that could get a shot, you know, create a shot whenever he, whenever he wants to, or, you know, uh, create an opportunity for somebody else. Levine, he's not going to average 10 assists per game. Like Luca's probably going to do for the next handful of years, but he averages four a game and he scores 25 points per game too. I think it, it, it would be a good mix because he's a good enough shooter. He can play off the ball but yet he can help take some of that burden. Yeah, Luca handles the ball 90% of the time, but what if he just did it 80% of the time? <laughs> you know, and take some it. of that take some of that burden off, you know, when when he especially when he's off the court and you have a guy like Levine who can go get his own shots and you don't have these big droughts and mm-hmm. you know, instead of having a 10-point lead and then Luca go off the court and then it dwindles to, you know, two or one or they lose the lead altogether before he comes back in, maybe they keep it where it's at or even, you know, go beyond that when he rests. You know, so, they could stagger minutes and make it work. I have two things here. Um, and I'm, I'm just – I'm playing a little devil's advocate at this point, but here, here's my thing. One – well, actually, this part isn't devil's advocate, but, like, what you just said, like, why would you want to take the ball out of Lucas' hands at all? Like, at all. He's, he's the best player with the ball in his hands the Mavericks will ever have ever again for the rest of time. Like, <laughs> that's that, – that, I, don't, I don't want him to have it any less at all. 
Well, again, the second thing, again, yeah. when you average as many assists as what Luca does, the ball is going to come out of his hands a lot anyway. All, all I'm saying is if you have a guy like Levine, who he's a good cutter, he's an excellent cutter, he, he's a good enough three-point shooter to where he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to make a shot. You know, he can still knock down open – open three-pointers, but if he happens to have the ball and he has to make a shot for himself, he can. He has the ability to do so. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it would be a transition for Levine going from what he's been used to as the first option to going to the third option in Dallas, but I think it's a role that he's 100% capable of, and I think he'd be fine with it because like we've seen with Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, – you know, Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith. Playing with Luca after you get used to him, you know, after that, after that chemistry is established, it really helps you out. All of those guys shot 40% from three this year or close to yeah. it. And after, that's, that's awesome, and I, I agree with you there. But my, my second thing is <clears throat> how much are you giving up for Levine – so, so you're you're saying Tim Hardaway Jr. And let's say, let's say Tim Hardaway Jr. I think if you their salaries would be so close if Tim opts in that I don't know I don't know what Chicago's salary cap situation is like, but I, I'd like to say Tim Hardaway Jr. Delon Wright and our picks. Okay, so you're taking your your third scorer away from your starting lineup and you want to stagger him with the second lineup? Yes. Kind of like what they did with Luca and KP as the season progressed. I just, I I just don't know. Like the whole idea of trading for a third star to me, I don't know, man. Staggering. Okay. so, So you're staggering him with KP with this, like, or you're staggering him like Luke and KP together and him by himself or like you, can, you you won't know until you get him and you see you know how because like I said he's never played in that kind of situation before he's gonna have to adjust to it but he does like the way the way he cuts the way he can you know get open for shots especially playing with Luca it's not gonna be a hard transition and he's already shown he can score 25 plus per night I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to be as, as tough of a situation as, as what you're probably seeing. And Rick Carlisle, he could figure all that out pretty quick. But I do agree that Buddy Heald, you know, him just being a spot-up shooter, uh, I think that's more of a natural fit. Uh, but I think if you – I think the potential for, you know, as far as who could become a true third star uh, and can do more than just shoot, I think – Levine probably has a little bit more potential there, but that's just that's just my opinion. And Buddy Heald, he's a little bit older than what everybody thinks. I think he's like 28 or so. Should we check uh, his birth certificate? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I mean, look, we, we could we could go about we could talk on about this forever, but and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about Levine more as the off season progresses. But uh, it's a very interesting idea, nonetheless, and. Um, we'll just have to see, you know, where Chicago's at after this Billy Donovan hiring and, you know, what they plan to do the rest of this offseason. But I'll, I'll say this. On paper, 
throwing away personality issues, I think it's a great idea. But when you add that stuff in, it concerns me because it's a wild card and I don't like wild cards. Yeah. Like that, that kind of stuff just, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to get excited about something like that. It, it concerns me. I'm, I'm a very conservative person, not politically. Don't, I'm not trying to make this political podcast. <laughs> I just need, like, I'm low key. I'm conservative. Matt and far right. <laughs> GOP, baby. No, uh, no. Uh, I'm not a political person. God. Uh, I'm just, I'm very low key. I don't like to take risks. And that's the thing that's just a very big risk for me. I'd rather take the safe route. And, and let's be honest. I mean, when they traded for Porzingis, um, I was super excited. But I was a little weary, you know, the, the injury stuff, um, the, you know, the, his wanting to get out, all that. Um, and then the other stuff that, that's hap- that happened. But obviously I came around to that. Maybe this would be the same thing. I don't know. Um, but – you know. I think it would be, and I think you have to – to me, like I said, the the potential upside, you know, very much outweighs any downside to it, in my opinion. And I think even if it is a slight risk or even a moderate risk, I think the reward, potential reward is so high that you, you would have to do it if the opportunity presents itself. But, you know, there's so many there's so many other options for the Mavs this offseason there's probably stuff that'll that'll come up that we don't even foresee coming up right now seems like that that's usually the case you know we name all these names and potential trade packages and all that and then you never know something might <laughs> something might just come out of out of absolutely nowhere uh you know Devin Booker or somebody getting traded <laughs> well, Devin Booker be I, I promise you I'm not going to talk about a potential Devin Booker trade to the Mavs. I, I, we're not even going there. But anyway, Matt, well, look, look, before we take off, I've got to ask you, though, how are you feeling about the final? You, you think the Nuggets are going to come back and, you know, beat the Lakers and make it a Nuggets Heat finals? Or, or what, are you, what are you seeing? Uh, obviously, the Heat are – um, led by Goran Dragic, uh, <laughs> best team in the NBA. Yeah, that one's over. Tyler Hero was – oh, my goodness. He, he was, he was on one last night. He is so fun to watch. Um, that whole team is just hilariously fun to watch. Um, but that, makes, series, that, that series is over. I think my, Miami's definitely going to be in the finals now. It, it makes me sad because I want uh, Dragic and, and – um, Jay Crowder on the Mavs, but every game they went in the playoffs. Well, the the way I see it, they're they're making more money for themselves. So I mean, maybe the Heat, maybe they'll unless those players are willing to take one year deals. I don't know if they'll re-sign them because I think Miami is trying to position themselves for 2021 if Giannis doesn't uh, sign his max extension. But that's just my opinion on it. But. it, with what about the, the Lakers, Nuggets? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to believe that the that the Nuggets can pull off the same thing that they did against the Clippers. Um, I think the Lakers are a better 
team than the Clippers were. Like, you know, maybe not talent-wise, because I, I picked the Clippers to win the whole thing at the beginning, and I, you know, still think they should have their, you know, I think they blew it. But um, just as, like, a collective unit, they play better together for some reason. They, they haven't had the same issues that the Clippers had with just falling yeah. apart. Um, so I don't think they'll make the same kind of mistakes that the, that the Clippers made. Um, so that'll be a lot tougher. But the, a Nuggets Heat final would be so refreshing, and it would be so fun. Um, it would be. You know, now, you know, the NBA – the NBA might not like it from a, <laughs> from oh, they a money standpoint. It, they would fucking hate it. Oh, sorry. But, I didn't mean to <laughs> but just from a from a from a basketball fan standpoint, I mean, I I would I would love that. And I mean, look, I think the Lakers will eventually pull this out. Although the Nuggets, they've proved all postseason not to count them out. Uh, and I do think it's possible they could still end up winning the series, but. I think it's going to end up being LeBron versus the team he won two titles with, and I think that that could be a really fun series too. So yeah, um, Jimmy Butler versus LeBron would be fun. Um, Bam versus Anthony Davis would be fun. Um, I just I really want it to be the Nuggets. I, I love watching the Nuggets and I love watching the Heat. I don't like watching the Lakers because I hate them so much. Well, uh, all I know, if Jamal Murray plays like he did in that last game, then <laughs> the Nuggets are going to win this series in six <laughs> if he when, plays like that every single game. When that dude is on, he is unstoppable. He hits some of the craziest shots I've ever seen. It is so bizarre. Like So does Jokic. Like, the whole, the whole – his whole career, I've been like, oh, yeah, that guy's pretty good, but he's never going to be like – superstar special but dude yeah. he's just unreal sometimes yeah this postseason was his coming out party and uh i think it was tim mcmahon he tweeted about it the other day and said that uh that jamal murray epitomizes the cojones factor <laughs> yes he does that is absolutely true yeah I, I definitely agree with that but uh so lakers nuggets tonight game four We'll see if the Nuggets can tie it up at two games apiece, and then the the Miami Heat will try to eliminate uh, the Celtics and go to the finals tomorrow. But, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. We really appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every week. We've had a really fun start to the offseason, and, uh, you know, it's only going to get better the closer we get to the draft and free agency and – uh, you know, trade rumors will start swirling around that time and it's going to be fun and we're glad to have you along for the ride so y'all have a great rest of the week have a great weekend we appreciate it y'all have a good one take a step back reminiscing about the old days when i hooped outside with my friends and drunk that oj crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains these days i'm about my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins a copper For the ones who get going when the going gets tough And the ones who know we're tougher together For the Pathfinders breaking new ground 
Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.